Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Isaac Newton, Nemesis, by David Ashton, Episode 1. We have asked you to attend once more, Mr. Newton, because some of our committee harbour doubts as regards your proposal. It is the only solution. Further clarification, if you please. I'm not in the habit of repeating myself, Mr. Carey. Mr. Newton has more than proved his case. I am not so easily satisfied, Chancellor. Very well. Let us leave satisfaction to those who desire it and deal with the facts. To all intents and purposes, our country is bankrupt. False coiners and the previous contemptible management of the Royal Mint have combined to wreak economic havoc. Is that sufficient clear? An exaggeration, surely. No, a fact. Scarce a coin in this country is the value it purports to be. The edges shaved, the silver corrupted. Mr Newton has risked life and limb to fight this Uh, corruption. Thank you, Chancellor. And I yet survive. However... Counterfeiters wait in the shadows and our enemies abroad also wait. They know how weak we are. You are the appointed master of the royal mint. I will not be blamed for the sins of others. I am not the lamb of God. We must recoin the entire currency. Every scrap of silver melted down, new minted and stamped. Edges milled to prevent shaving and adulteration. Only then reissued. There is no option. I challenge that assertion. Mathematics is an exact science, sir. The figures do not lie. Financial catastrophe is not an assertion. It is a fact, like mortality. Since I spoke to you some weeks ago, I have structured a programme of how to approach what will be a huge undertaking. I will put every ounce of my energy and ability into making it succeed. I await your decision. But I warn you, gentlemen, time is on the march. Not on our side. His Majesty wages war in France. Our troops must be paid, Chancellor. Money will be borrowed, Secretary Vernon. Further strain on our resources. My decision. I will stand by it. What is the verdict, sir? Politicians are incapable... Of what? Intelligent decision. You're not happy, sir, I can tell. I would rather dog some counterfeiter armed to the teeth up a dark alley in the depths of Hoban than deal one second with a politician. A duplicitous breed. With very few exceptions. Mr Newton, we have won the day. Ah. You may proceed. Finally. Mr Carey has resigned the committee. One less idiot. I need not tell you, sir, my position in this government depends upon your success. Another burden to carry. I must return. Business to discuss? By all means, discuss. We may converse later, but proceed. Is Lord Halifax one of your exceptions, sir? Charles Montague. I taught him at Cambridge. Such an education may yet be his salvation. you, Thomas? Who else? I don't know. Some sly boots under the bed, then? No, just me on top. Bell Russell, 
you look like a harlot. Don't you dare insult me, sir. Huh? Your mistress, a class above? <laughs> You're an impertinent hussy. And your face is like a beetroot. My blood is hot. Appetite? Temper. Come, sit with me. I'll tell you a story. <sighs> Lean back. Close your eyes. Now, once upon a time... Mm. There was a sweet young lass who came all the way to London from Newcastle to seek her fortune. In a brothel. Mother Wiseborns. In the Strand, where she found lodging mm -hmm. right enough. And there she would have lain till the cows come home, save for a kind visiting gentleman. Who set you up in these rooms. Mm. Cost me a damned fortune. Worth every penny. <laughs> <laughs> what ails you, sir? Oh... I was first Lord of the Treasury, favourite of the King, and I was accused of some damned conspiracy and His Majesty could not protect me. Now I skulk around to the Whig rank and file. Oh, you'll rise again. I have enemies. Who are they? Oh, Charles Montague, Chancellor of the Exchequer. I want what he holds. And destroy the man. Oh, a sweet temptation. If we don't like somebody in Newcastle, we just shove them off the cliff. <laughs> Into the abyss, eh? <laughs> Any hole in the ground. Does he stand alone? Well, behind him lurks Isaac Newton. Destroy them both? Oh, easier said than done. You are a strong man. And you... Give me that strength. I want what's best for you. Destroy them. Take your rightful place. I can do it. It might take time, but I can do it for king and country. It's all very well. Obviously not, Mr. Miller, from the tone of your voice. It's a thing impossible. Nothing is impossible. The amount of silver pouring into this place would be like Noah's flood. Noah survived the flood. Uh, Mr. Haynes, would you do me the honour of going into my office and laying out the financial ledgers? They may need some perusal. Uh, yes, sir, of course. At once. Mr. Miller, you are of great value to me. Without your skill, the wheels of the Royal Mint would not turn. Hardly turn in here. You owe me a considerable favour, sir. I'll do that. The counterfeiter bribed you to unlock our doors. He hung by the neck, of course. I could have done the same. I am in your debt. And now I desire my pound of flesh. The books are displayed, sir. You will work, like myself, night and day. And together we shall achieve the impossible. I will give of my best. Provide me with a note of any extra men or machinery that we may require. It'll be considerable. So was the Principia. Best be about your business, sir. Aye, right. Oh, oh, one other thing. I've been observing the men at work. And to my mind, their practice might stand improvement. How do you come to that? Time versus motion. My field of study. Good luck to you. Mr Newton, sir. Duty calls. Indeed it does, Mr. Haynes. Let battle commence. What life did I lead before? 
Cambridge. Natural philosopher Isaac Newton, hailed by the world as a genius. Yet as the years passed on, tortured by incapacity of achievement, dwindling of power, and an overwhelming sense of failure. And now, I'm about to throw myself into a, a maelstrom of treachery and mendacity. Yet I find that I am curiously enlivened. <laughs> Let battle commence indeed. I'm more than ready. Rip him to bits, Jupiter! Do your damnedest! <laughs> I win! Pay up, you pot-bellied dunghills. Jamie Wilde thanks you, gentlemen. Your dog is still alive. Take him home. Wilde, a woman wants your ear. What kind of woman? It's hard to tell. She's in the booth. By the cook. Thank you, Silas. Bind up Jupiter's wounds, will you? He's all I've got at the moment. Yeah, good old dog. Kills when you're chilling. How may I serve you, madam? Get that look out your eye for a start. Appreciation of your chance. Save it. I have a proposition for you, Mr Wilde. You know me? I know of you. And what do you know? They say you're ruthless, guts in your brains. But no one knows your history. I fell from on high. Like Lucifer. You're a false coiner. Alas, no more. Isaac Newton has seen to that. His spies are all over London. And if you're caught, you dance the Tyburn jig. Now... What do you desire from a man of my stamp? You don't smell as bad as I thought. I thank you for the compliment. How would you like... vengeance? Upon whom? God? The devil? The hanging judge? Isaac Newton. Cut him down. Is there profit in it? Most certainly. Then, my dear, we may kiss fingers. As always, will be the problem. How do you convince a Yorkshireman to part with his silver? Hmm. <laughs> At the point of a gun, I would say. Uncle Isaac, supper will be burnt. What is for supper? Fish. Salmon, to be precise, sir, and I crave sustenance. You were born hungry, Chancellor. Typical politician. He <laughs> <laughs> should be up here at work with us. Yeah. The attractions of my niece outweigh the cares of state. Still... Duty above all. Huh. So, what say you, sir? Burnt fish is to be avoided. I bow to your superior wisdom. The Tory broadsides have described you, mm. Uncle, as a fanatic bent upon destruction. Mm. <laughs> they would, of course, recognise fanaticism better than most. This salmon is exemplary, Catherine. Mm. Certainly not from the Thames. No, it's full of dead bodies. <laughs> Rats, mostly. Indeed. Rattus aquaticus. And what say the coffeehouse perts about me? Oh, Mr Dryden does not admire King William. Oh, am I tarred with the same brush? Latet anguis in erba. There's a <laughs> snake in the grass. <laughs> you study Latin, Mr Haynes? I'm not uh, completely proficient. Mr Haynes is a mathematician. Mm. He also guards my back impeccably. Like Cerberus. 
I fail to see the resemblance. Cerberus is a three-headed dog. Uh, who guards Pluto, lord of the underworld. <laughs> I meant merely the function. Uh, I expect you do rule the underworld, sir, and I do watch your back. Well said. But for how long do I rule? May one indulge in a pipe of tobacco, Miss Barton? One may, Mr Montague, in the garden. Try not to offend the roses. My pride and joy, sir. What's for pudding? Orange cake. That will please King William. (laughs) Mr Haynes and I plan to eat the entirety. (laughs) Do you not wish to join them, sir? I prefer the present company. (laughs) May I help you clear table for Catherine? If you so wish, of course. I hope it did not cause offence. What, if you please? Being compared to a three-headed dog. I like dogs. They're decent creatures, unless harmed, and then... They can turn. Not unlike humanity. I suppose so. Do you admire Mr Montague? He is amusing. I lack that quality. (laughs) You guard my uncle's back. I hold that above all things. How is it they live in such harmony, the billions of stars? When most men can scarce pass a minute without declaring war. Thomas Aquinas. If nothing else, sir, your memory holds true. Do you believe in God, Mr Montague? Of course. Let us hope he is on our side. Hope springs eternal. It would be one thing to amass the silver, quite another to bring it home. Armed guards on every wagon, I assume. To be sure. All the routes will be kept secret, save as some trusted men. I'm one of those. You are my employer. As long as it lasts. More knives at my back than Julius Caesar. Have you indulged sufficient, sir? Smoked like a herring. (laughs) How fares the orange cake? Mr. Haynes dismembers it this very instant. I'd best rescue the poor beast. (laughs) Charles is such a dear person. Let us pray he is not dismembered also. Surely Mr. Haynes would not be so bloodthirsty. (laughs) You do not realise what a trail of devastation you leave, Catherine. How so? By being yourself. Are you troubled, Uncle? I am always troubled. Nonsense. Now come and sample my orange cake. Ah. The two main furnaces are at work full tilt and we've hardly begun. Therefore we must build another. Where? The smelting room. Space enough there. What if I told you, Mr Miller, that the mimp was capable of producing 15,000 pounds of coin per week? Why, so you were mad. And if I said treble that? Beyond madness. Follow me upstairs, if you will, sir. Let us investigate time versus motion. He's not mad, Mr Miller. Merely a natural philosopher. At the moment, two rolling mills, four millers, twelve horses, uh, two horse keepers, three cutters, two flatters, eight sizers, one kneeler, three blanchers, two markers. Correct? So far. And all of this moving silver from the smelting rooms to feed the coining press. Six men to each press, while one brave fellow feeds blanks into the striking chamber. And loses a finger, as I did myself. Accidents will happen. Well, you weren't there to fill the pipe. I have identified the necessary rhythm of effort that will produce maximum return. The press must stamp out coin 55 times a minute. 55? But a little less than beats the human heart. What if the heart bursts? Broken hearts are to be avoided. 
On that somewhat cryptic remark from Mr Haynes, the die was cast. From that time, the Royal Mint ran to a different beat. Of course, Mr Miller shook his head, but I suspect it was more habit than anything else. Over the following months, the collection of silver began all through England. Not without enormous resistance, and only the threat of their old silver coins being regarded as worthless currency persuaded the people to accept their weighted government receipt. In the north, it was worse with the looming compounded difficulty of transportation. But during all of this, I was cognizant of the dangerous truth contained in my third law of motion. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Not bad provender for a peasant. I live to serve. More wine? Blood of the grape. <laughs> a fine capon. The juice all over thy chin. It can be licked away. You have a napkin for that, Thomas. Never guess to look at you. Picture of innocence, eh? Virtue has its own reward. <laughs> Hooked you out of Mother Wisebourne's before anyone else put a mark down. More or less. Set you up, a lady of leisure. More or less. Yet I know nothing of your life. Nothing to know? Your indulgence is my desire. Oh. Mistress, does that alone satisfy you? If I were your wife, first thing you'd do is deceive me. Oh, a palpable hit. <laughs> How are your plans faring? Not long now. Come, sit by me. Your humble slaves are. I have gathered a strong body of disaffected souls. Montague is not popular. Newton worse. When? And how? Newton attempts the impossible. It will fail, and then we strike. Montague falls, I take his place. Chancellor. How will it fail? Well, the silver will be heavy. A long haul from the north. Bad roads, weather foul, winter closing in, never be accomplished. Even better if we knew the roads taken. How so? Trees cut down to block. Signs changed. Horses put to fear by stones. Carriage wheels broken. In the darkness, anything might happen. I cannot be associated with such. Newton has many enemies. All they would need is a time and place. How do you know his enemies? I start with you and move downwards. Oh, sharks of the street, mayhaps. Interested parties. The committee must be given details of the planned routes. I have friends there. Friends can be useful. But... I must not be implicated. Of course not. Keep your nose clean. <laughs> Why bother yourself with all this? The higher you rise, the more I reflect your glory. Now, shall we seal the bargain, my lord? <coughs> Damnation! I warned you, not my fault, Mr Miller. Bloody animal! It fell over, I did nothing. What's going on, Mr. Miller? One of the horses! Gave up the gun! Can it be safe? On his last legs, Mr. Ains! 
Wait there! Poor old fella. Either die on the job or it's a knacker's yard. Needs to be put out of its misery. Like the rest of us. I'll do it. This gun is meant to guard your back, sir, but I suppose a bullet has many uses. Better than a spike through the skull. Stand aside, if you will. All for the greater good, eh, Mr. Newton? No mercy. What does your dog think it's doing? He likes females. Would he like a kick in the cods? Jupiter, here. Sit. Gets carried away sometimes. Like his master. What you've told me. Sweet music. You find the roots, I'll do the rest. Do you have the men? Silas can gather me some hogs in armour. The wagons must be stopped. Newton disgraced. Dishonoured. Of course, some silver may go missing. That's not my concern. What is your concern, Belle Russell? You know my name. One of my young lads recognised you. Mother Wiseborn's house of pleasure. He wouldn't be a client. Delivering. You disappeared from there, I'm told. I got a better offer. Hmm. So, why do all this? It suits me that he's wrecked. I can get back to my lawful business. But you, what's your concern? A matter of obligation. I am obliged to no one. You're a curious man. Am I? You carry a stick, but you don't limp. My mother gave it me. Your mother? Just before she died. It has a snake within. <laughs> you see? The blade rests against your pretty neck. Italian steel. I'm sure it has a keen edge. Sharper than your tongue. But not my brain pan. <laughs> So, we wait. Until the moment's ripe. It'll be good to have someone in the mint. A spy of sorts. Someone on the inside. To let us know when their guts pull tight? Exactly so. I'd be willing to pay. I may not. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.